You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. It's a momentous day, and not just because Courtney Cronin is in for Fitz, and we're going to talk a lot about Chicago Bears stuff. But no, it's because it's the anniversary of one of the most memorable plays in the history of sports, and not for a good reason. Y'all remember this? Broken play. Mark Sanchez scrambles up the middle. Lost the football. It's picked up. He ran right to the back of Brandon Moore. Fumbled the ball. It's picked up and running into the end zone with the loose ball for a touchdown is Steve Gregory. Are you kidding me? Yep, the butt fumble. Happy anniversary of the butt fumble. Sarah Spain, Courtney Cronin, it for Fitz on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Courtney, I, want, I, I don't want to dwell too long because I do feel sorry for Mark Sanchez that he had a fine career and continues to work in the biz and people just want to talk to him about the butt fumble. But I do want to find out if other similarly hilarious things have happened in the sports world that I was not privy to. So I'm going to ask people on the uh, Dr. Pepper Twitter feed, at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Courtney R. Cronin, send us the funniest things you've seen in a sports game. Not halftime, not on the sideline, like during an actual game. I want to hear about it, right? Yeah, and I just wonder about what the when it comes to the butt fumble. We remember this is Mark Sanchez's moment. Why doesn't Brandon Moore, the offensive <laughs> lineman whose backside he collided with, we don't bring his name up at first reference of the butt fumble? It's very fair, probably because most people have never heard of that guy, right? It's always going to be about... I mean, his backside caused one of the most <laughs> iconic blunders in sports history. Affair. I think that that should fair. be honored just it as much at least as her. Be... Yeah, should at least be second on the list behind Miss Perfect Booty for butts that have gotten a lot of attention in the sports world. And if you don't remember that, just Google LeBron James Miss Perfect Booty and you will be taken back in time, a simpler time. Uh, We will get your answers on the butt fumble inspired moments that have caused you to double over laughing because that is exactly what happened to me while watching that game with my family. It was during a holiday, right? Wasn't it like, I mean, it was, uh, yeah, probably Thanksgiving of that year and uh, just crying laughing over the butt fumble. Um, Not laughing last night, Courtney, the Cardinals, because uh, that was a thorough beatdown from the Niners, 38 to 10. Jimmy G threw four touchdowns. Uh, They started in this first half really focusing on Jimmy G doing it with his arm, and then they came back in the second and ran the ball down the Cardinals' throats. This is a team that's really firing on all cylinders, and you look across the phases, and with everybody healthy and Jimmy playing like this, it's tough not to see them as being able to compete with anybody in that conference. Yep, the NFC West right now goes through San Francisco. They overtake the Seattle Seahawks for the lead in the division, and those two teams play on Thursday night football in a couple weeks. So the fact that the 49ers are undefeated in division play this year and how their offense has really changed when Christian McCaffrey is a first-down machine, Sarah, um, bringing him into the fold, bringing him into the mix for Jimmy Garoppolo, that seems to have done it for Jimmy, where he's now spreading the ball around in so many different ways. You know, two touchdowns for George Kittle last night, two touchdowns for Brandon Ayuk. Debo Samuel rushes for a touchdown. And yeah, Christian McCaffrey didn't score last night, but he set everybody up from scrimmage. So it's scary that this team's coming to find its groove during week 11 of the season because mm-hmm. things are only going to get more dangerous for other teams in the NFC West when you realize that the 49ers right now are the three seed if the playoffs were to start today. And their stock continues to rise when we've now got questions about the likes of a Philadelphia and a Minnesota and other top teams in the NFC. Also worth noting, the schedule could not be better for the 49ers. 
they do not leave the West Coast Pacific Pacific time zone for the entire rest of the season. I think the furthest game away from them is Vegas, potentially. Um, it's all home games and then West Coast teams. So they are primed to keep succeeding. You pointed to CMC. Since they added him, he's added an average of eight-plus points per game to their total. Their offensive line gave Jimmy a ton of protection last night. Defensively, they have not allowed a single point in the second half of any of their last three games. All of them wins. When that defense had some injuries, it struggled a little bit. But when they're healthy, and if Jimmy G can hit his targets and and they can be effective with the run in the pass, this is a very good football team. And Jimmy G is the big question mark and has been since the offseason when they planned to get rid of him. And Stephen A. today on first take, uh, the, the sound's been going around of him saying that Jimmy G will be the liability for this team and would be the thing to take them down. Mina Kimes has seen enough development from him to say otherwise. Here's Mina on first take. No, I, I don't think so, uh, which is notable because, as you guys know, I have been critical of Garoppolo in the past, last season. Um, and I do think, is we, you know, if you were looking at the playoffs and you were asking what could possibly derail San Francisco, the quarterback has been the weak link in the past, especially with turnovers. But we also have to acknowledge how Jimmy Garoppolo is playing right now, and he's playing extremely good football. I agree with everything Kyle Shanahan said. Uh, he's got three games without throwing an interception, which has always been his biggest issue as a quarterback. And I do think watching him with Christian McCaffrey, it seems to have unlocked something where he is a bit more aggressive throwing the ball downfield. It does give him an outlet when he's under pressure, when some of those mistakes have happened in the past. Right now, he's in a terrific situation. The offensive line is playing good. We've seen what all these skill players are capable of, and he is executing this offense to perfection. I have to give him his flowers. Courtney giving him flowers or worried about him being a liability? I think we all are prisoners still of that 2020 Super Bowl where he was terrible in the fourth quarter. And some of that is on Garoppolo because he did throw that interception. He fumbled uh, or he had the fourth down sack that he took when he shouldn't have. And some of that's on Kyle Shanahan for the way that he kind of forgot how to use Jimmy Garoppolo yeah. and put him in situations. But we got to move that past game. that if we're going to allow him to, right? We have right. to be watching what we're seeing now, which is pretty good stuff from Jimmy G. Coming up, what type of reception is Ben Simmons going to get tonight in Philly? We'll talk to an expert coming out of Philadelphia next. It's Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain with you as always. Courtney Cronin filling in for Fitz tonight on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Don't forget to submit your funniest things you've seen during a sporting event for the butt fumble anniversary. You can be a part of Spain and Fitz Nation on the Dr. Pepper Twitter feed. Tweet us at Spain and Fitz, at Sarah Spain, at Courtney R. Cronin. ESPN Nation's presented by Dr. Pepper. It ain't college football season without the delicious taste of an ice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Let's welcome in host of the John Kincaid Show on 97.5 The Fanatic, John Kincaid, friend of the show, often coming on to talk Eagles' success. We'll get to that in a little bit. First, I have to talk about the big news coming out of Philly tonight. That's Ben Simmons making his return as a member of the Brooklyn Nets. He's actually played quite well in the last couple games. What do you anticipate from this crowd tonight? Uh, indifference for the most part. Really? I'm not expecting that it's a, as big a deal because – Honestly, without Harden, without Embiid, without Maxi, it doesn't feel like there's the chance for the beatdown. So, in other words, you got Ben Simmons coming back into town, and he gets to play against the JV. So, I have a feeling that that's going to maybe take away from some of the more, uh, let's just say, throaty 
people that would love to get after Ben tonight. I'm sure there's going to be the hecklers, but honestly, this city has moved on uh, from Ben Simmons, and they're thrilled they won that trade very, very much. You mentioned all of those injuries. It does feel like it's a different team that he's going to face tonight, and this 76ers team in, in, in light of those injuries has struggled. They're 8-8 eight and eight right now. Those injuries have been a pretty big factor. Do you think – or how do you think they can write the ship coming through, you know, the end of the month of November and into December? Well, one of the things we've been talking about on our show in the mornings on the fanatic is last year, Boston took until they were 26 and 25 to get above 500. It was well into the new year till they gelled. They know this roster's talented. They know it's pretty deep and they know that it's got a lot of veterans who are more built for the half court postseason game you know, getting to the playoffs and, and winning those games, like going and getting a P.J. Tucker, who I believe was on a, uh, a place for mom ad the other day. I may have seen him. In, uh, <laughs> I mean, but they're going for they, – they went with a veteran roster. They got to get past these injuries. And they just have to make sure that they don't get a really, really bad seed in the Eastern Conference. Every year it seems to show that the number one seed hasn't mattered that much about who advances to the finals. They just need to be healthy and playing their best and have a good 30 to 40 games to gel and try to follow the Boston model that we saw last year. You know, you mentioned that they might be over Ben Simmons and partly, you know, protecting themselves from getting getting showed up by a, a Nets team that's sure. likely to win tonight. Um, what do they think about the trade? And, 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 you know, obviously they were happy to see him go, but does it feel like this fan base is confident in the current makeup of this roster? Well, I think there's, there's questions more about the coach. Doc Rivers is the one who takes the majority of the gruff uh, on our show from people complaining about Doc, thinking that Doc's postseason failings are carrying over again and that he doesn't seem to be able to get it done. I would put it more to Joel Embiid's injuries come postseason time. That has hurt them most of all. But uh, as far as for Ben Simmons, we're just glad to see him come to a game at the Wells Fargo Center where he's not going to fake that he's got COVID, and he's mm. actually going to show up and play. Mm. Now, if he passes up a layup or a dunk with the game on the line tonight, that will just be very much on brand for Ben. So, uh, you know, who knows? You don't know what you've got with this guy. He is uh, he's constant drama, and I think the, the Nets have found that out. Even though he has been playing a little better lately, he creates his own drama. He's a complicated guy. But I think people here, I don't think anybody wishes them the worst. They just are glad to be rid of him, and they're glad to have James Harden instead. So the patience level for the 76ers fan base, it feels like things are going to probably have to get worse before they get better. What is that patience level in that leash? Patience level is conference finals or bust. Uh, This team hasn't gotten out of the second round, has not won a second-round series since Allen Iverson in 2001. I mean, it's incredible. Mm. And you think of all the teams in the Eastern Conference that have been to the conference finals multiple times. I mean, the Atlanta Hawks have found their way to a conference finals twice during that same period of time. I mean, that's where you think about yourself. You might even have to fold your franchise if you're not out doing the Hawks. So for the Sixers, they know it's conference finals or bust. I guarantee you this. If they don't make the conference finals, Doc Rivers will not be the coach the year after. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Courtney Cronin in for Fitz tonight on ESPN Radio, talking to John Kincaid. At John Kincaid is where you can follow him, host of his uh, his own show on 97.5, The Fanatic. 
Uh, it, let's switch to the Eagles because people not quite as hot on that team of late. It feels like uh, the good vibes in Philly from baseball and the Eagles start and the Sixers kind of uh, a little bit dimmed of late. What's your take on the Eagles' struggles? Well, I'm going to say, where are they dimmed? They're not dimmed <laughs> here. I mean, like, not in this town. I mean, it, it, it's funny. is It's maybe on first take, you know, they're dimmed mm. because today I heard, I don't know if you guys heard, the San Francisco 49ers are winning the Super Bowl. I heard Greeny say it. You know, like all, all of a sudden, the 6-4 and four 49ers, now it's all come together for them. The 9-1 and one Eagles, yeah, they lost that one game. So, you know, they're, they're, they're yesterday's news. Uh, I believe here people are very, very confident that they've got a good team. A Super Bowl winning team, I haven't heard that from anybody here, but there is great, great optimism that they can lock down the number one seed. Now, Sarah, you're going to vacate the show, but I'm going to tell you again, (laughs) if they play two games in South Philadelphia to get to the Super Bowl, from what I see in the NFC, the Eagles will be in the Super Bowl. They will be out in Arizona, and I'll be playing golf at True North before the Super Bowl. I already want to make a tee time. If they can get the number one seed, uh, we, we did a little thing on the show this morning about who you're most concerned with in the NFC, and it's overwhelming. Most people are concerned with Dallas. They consider Dallas to be the number one contender to them. The Eagles lead them by two and a half games with seven to play because of the tiebreaker from winning the first game where they handled them quite easily, uh, you know, at Lincoln Financial Field. Uh, Like, to me, if you can win the NFC East, the best division in the NFC, you can win that and they get two home games, they're going to the Super Bowl. And I don't care what Greeny or anybody else is saying on first take because it'll be some other team next week. And Stephen A. will tell me when that is, when he's not on General Hospital. He's been really good lately, by the way, really good. He's got a good storyline going. It's crazy to think about the NFC East right now with three teams in the playoff picture. But for the Eagles, I mean, who is their biggest threat? Could it possibly be this Minnesota team that they already beat in week two of the season? No, they already took their lunch money, pulled their pants down, and gave them the atomic wedgie. Are you kidding me? Kirk Cousins got eight points, got intercepted, like, I believe three times. And I'm not sure, but he may have had to change his drawers in the tent on the sideline. The the Minnesota Vikings, we already saw them when they came in a few years ago. And everybody was saying, well, the Vikings are so good, they're going to the Super Bowl. I believe it was 38-7. to Now, Kirk was not there for that. If he had been there for that game, it may have been 45-7. to So it might have been a little bit different. He probably would have thrown one more pick. But, uh, no, the, the teams they're worried about here are, respectfully, though, is Cowboys, 49ers. Uh, yeah. because the, Dak Prescott has been a problem for the Eagles. The Eagles have to show they can beat Dak. They haven't shown that, and they're going to have to prove that they can beat Dak Prescott. But overall, the Eagles are the better club. The Eagles have the better roster, and it's going to be up to them. If, and if they're playing at home, again, as long as the Eagles can secure home field advantage, uh, I don't believe anybody's going to come in there. San Francisco would be the other team, though, that would concern me because of their physicality. They're an amazing they're an amazing club. And as long as it's not Super Bowl week where Kyle Shanahan loses the playbook uh, like he did before the Falcons Super Bowl, I think they'd, they'd have a pretty good shot to come in here and give the Eagles a really, really hard time. John Kincaid strays everywhere. Everybody's <laughs> taking strays. Uh, 97.5, the Fanatic is where you can hear him. Hey, we got to run. So real quick before I let you go. 
I know that nine and one is an incredible record. It, Philly fans still enthusiastic, but we have seen uh, not as dominant of performances. What are no. you seeing from them that needs to get better to get back to beating the brakes off people? Honestly, I think they were eight and zero. They they beat Dallas. Then they had the short week with the uh, the short week with the Texans, and coming um, coming off a bye. Then they had a bye, and they had Washington. I, I think they've just hit that little low where they probably looked at the schedule and said, "Boy, this is the easy part." What they found out is if they don't bring it every single game, uh, mm. it's a problem. Dallas Goddard's injury, major major issue. They got to get him back. That helps that that helps the offense so much to flow. That is going to be a big problem. And he got injured on the face mask that was not called in the uh, game against the Commanders. So what, as long as they're getting healthy, they're going to be just fine. But there is there absolutely has to be more cohesiveness in the offense. Fifteen of forty quarters this year, they have not scored. They've then and they still are one of the highest scoring teams in the NFL. But fifteen out of forty, if you think about that, they've put up a zero. That has to change. They've been a little better at getting points more consistently lately, but they need to uh, get the offense back on track. Awesome stuff, John. Always love having you on. Enjoy the game tonight. Sarah, congrats on the new chapter. Take care. That was John Kincaid, host of the John Kincaid Show on 97.5, the Fanatic in Philadelphia. You are listening to Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Courtney Cronin, Sarah Spain, sitting in on this Tuesday evening. Philadelphia Eagles are an interesting story considering where they're at right now in the NFC playoff picture. Kind of feels like what John was saying. A lot of people trying to poke holes in what's been going on with this team. Let's not forget the Eagles defense is still one of the best, if not the best, in the NFC right now. And like I asked him, doesn't sound like the Minnesota Vikings are going to be much competition for the Philadelphia Eagles. Dallas, though, they are the team to watch out for, and those two will face off again later in this season. We'll keep you updated on what's going on between the 76ers and the Brooklyn Nets. Ben Simmons return to Philadelphia coming up here shortly. You can watch that game over on ESPN. But coming up next, we're going to go across the NBA where Vince Carter will join us here on Spain and Fitz. You're listening to ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz out tonight. Courtney Cronin in for him on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. We just talked to John Kincaid out of Philly about Ben Simmons making his return to the Sixers. Let's continue that and talk some more NBA with the legendary and now ESPN NBA analyst Vince Carter. Vince, thanks for the time. No problem. Thanks for having me. Let's start with that. Ben Simmons, I mean, if if he had to draw up uh, the timing of this return, couldn't be any better considering his recent play. What have you actually seen from him on the court? Is there anything you can make of as to why he seems to be settling in and, and being more effective? It, it, it's simple. It's simple. Well, it, it, to me, it's simple. Confidence is key. You know, when you're confident, you feel good about your game yourself, you're in the right headspace. Good things, positive things can happen. And the reality of it all, Sarah, is this. Remember, he, he's coming from back surgery. You know, all of the other things aside, back surgery, any other person dealing with an issue like this away from something for so long, it takes you a while to get back into groove. We're talking about a professional player playing at a professional level against guys who are still beating on him. You know, so it's it just going to take some time because there's hesitancy. You know, everybody handles things differently. And I think 
on top of, you know, er, you know, everything else that he's gone through, just kind of feeling good about himself. And I think we're seeing that. And, and the easy sign to me is that when he gets the ball now, he's looking at the rim instead of turning his back to the rim like it's not there. That's a telltale sign to me because of the player who, uh, uh, because of the type of player that Ben Simmons is. You know, that's what the telltale for him because you don't look at him as a scorer. Right. But we look at him, a guy who can get downhill and make plays, and he didn't look at the rim and he didn't seem confident in himself in his game, and that's not the case anymore as of right now. Net 76ers about to get underway. For Ben Simmons going back to Philadelphia tonight, what do you think is going through mm. his head and facing this former team? Do you think it's going to be as hostile of an environment as we might expect from this given Sarah, fan base? Sarah, Sarah, come on, come on. Well, that was Courtney. You know the yeah. answer to this. Oh, Courtney, Courtney, yeah. okay. You, know the, you guys know the answer to this. You know what it's going to This is Philly we're talking about here, mm-hmm. and it's, it's going to be very hostile. Uh, I, I've experienced it. I, you know, you ask, what do I think is going through? I, you know, I, I, I'm for sure. It's for sure. It's mixed emotions. You, you know, it's one thing to sit at home and try to anticipate and, and, and play through your mind, what it's going to be like. And it's another thing actually going through it and having to play through it. Good thing about it for, I think for Ben, he's handling it the right way. He's not in a defensive. He's kind of, you know, he, he, ha, ha, knee jerk laughing with it, which I think is going to help him go out there and perform. But if I had advice for him, I was, (laughs) you know, I I think he has it better than me guys, because for me, I was trying to win the game in the first quarter Mm. against Toronto. And as a shooter score, that jump shot, that basket seems really, really small. (laughs) When Mm -hmm. you're trying to take your first jump shot, when you're, you know, you're, you're involved in something like this. So for him, I say, get downhill, get bumped a little bit, get, to the get you an easy layup out of transition, get you a steal, get you a dunk, to kind of get yourself going to settle yourself in. It took me a whole quarter to settle myself in. So I think once he settles in, good things that happen. And another great thing is that he has the support of his teammates. It's Spain and Fitz, Sarah Spain, Courtney Cronin in for Fitz as we talk to Vince Carter. You can follow him at Mr. Vince Carter 15. What do you think the ceiling is going forward for Kawhi and the Clippers? Oh man, well, it, that's a, that's a tough question because you got to keep your your core guys healthy and playing together, and and you know uh, Reggie Jackson is now playing better basketball. You know, so you add him to a group once you get now PG back on the floor and get that group together. I think their ceiling is at least Eastern Conference Finals, but they have to stay healthy. Uh, you know, I like the way, I mean, I appreciate the way the organization are taking precautions, particularly with Kawhi, you know, knowing that, yes, he misses misses a lot of games typically in the season, but when he's healthy near the end of, this, end of the season, he performs, he's dominant, and he's MVP caliber at that time. What concerns me is when you ha- add new guys like a John Wall uh, to that group, who guys you want to, to hit, on all cylinders at the right time, but your team hasn't played enough games together mm. at, you know, at, at least at, to this point. And will that be a concern? I don't know, but their ceiling to me is they can make it to the Western conference final. Lakers have the Suns tonight. LeBron's not going to play. That's his fifth straight game that he'll miss on Tuesday, but they're five and 10. They won their last three yeah. games. Anthony Davis mm-hmm. is playing at a really high level. Can they mm-hmm. ride that to turn the season around? <sighs> 
yes, they can ride that wave. Uh, Anthony Davis has to, and I mean must, play at this level. But here's the, here's the kicker to me. I would like to see Anthony Davis play at this level, the MVP, go-to mentality, alpha dog mentality, while LeBron James is in, in the lineup on the floor. He understands he has to do what he has to do because LeBron is not on the floor. But I want to see him do that when he's on the floor. That lets him know, hey, play through me. LeBron is itching and dying to do so. But he knows he has to carry the load. And this is an opportunity. I think this is a great step for AD as far as health, uh, confidence, like we, we talked about with Ben Simmons. And hopefully it translates into being that same type of player when LeBron is on the floor. The legend, half man, half amazing, Vince Carter with us here on Spain and Fed. Sarah Spain, Courtney Cronin with you on ESPN Radio. As things are starting to settle in, is there a team that you think has started poorly that you expect to be in the mix? They just need a little more time, whether injury or chemistry is at play here? Well, we talked about the the, the Clippers. That's one, that's one squad. Uh, I mean, I think that's the team that a lot of people expect on paper has the opportunity to make some noise. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to go with the, the, the Clippers right now. Vince, for the Golden State Warriors and kind of where they're at right now in this season and knowing the season that Steph Curry's having, do they need to be active ahead of the deadline so they're not wasting this season for Curry? Like, What do you make of the way that the current roster is constructed? Because we've talked about their bench, we talked about their lack of defense and just how they've been all over the map. But I see good games and I see really bad games. I don't know what to make of this. Right, and I feel pretty dumb not adding the Golden State Warriors to your last question because here's yeah, another team that's very capable. <laughs> yeah, there's another team that's very capable who we, you know, we're just like, okay, we, they're going to turn around. And they've had a lot of things that happened, obviously, early to them that I, I felt they're a veteran team that can kind of play out of it, and we're not seeing that yet. We're seeing now Clay Thompson playing better, uh, particularly the last four games. Averaging about 24 points, shooting 49% from three of 10 attempts. Like, that's, that's, that's showing us, like, hey, I'm still that guy. But I think a move does need to – I think they definitely need to make a move. Uh, you know, why waste this opportunity? This is an organization that has built their roster uh, and, and now, you know, they built their roster around championships and making it to the finals. And right now it just doesn't look like – a championship basketball team with all of this talent. So I feel like this is just a, a, a one move that they, maybe another big that can kind of get them over the, over the hump. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think about this all the time and I'm all over the place. Like what, what do they need? Do you get a, a, a stretch four? Maybe um, I say stretch four. I'm showing, showing my age. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but you know, something like that, somebody that could, uh, 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 that a two way player that can obviously, open the floor up to allow those guys to get into the paint and obviously make threes, but that can lock down and defend and give them another perimeter defender. Vince Carter's with us at Mr. Vince Carter 15 is where you can follow him. Hey, before we let you go quickly, Eastern conference top three right now, the Celtics bucks and Cavs, uh, all three of them still going to be at the top by the end of the season in your mind. I do. In my mind, I do. I think those those teams are, are the teams to beat. I picked the Boston Celtics to come out of the East and, and and to give themselves another opportunity for a championship, possibly win it. And I picked, you know, Jason Tatum to be the MVP. I think he's primed and ready to go. Uh, he's shown me that in the beginning in these first 15 or so games. 
And I, I have to stick with that right now. Awesome stuff, Vince. Always love the insight. Thanks. Thank you, guys. Vince Carter, ESPN NBA analyst, NBA legend, and uh, serving up some optimism for a couple teams that need it right now. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Your small business keeps you on the go. Progressive Commercial Insurance keeps your policy within reach with their easy-to-use mobile app. Learn more at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Coming up, college football playoff rankings have been released. We'll get into that and more next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Courtney, you happen to catch that Elton John farewell from uh, Dodger Stadium? I guess it's on Disney Plus for people to watch. I've seen a couple people that I know who have gone to these concerts. Yeah. And I'm like, how do you guys have the money to get these tickets? These are like <laughs> Taylor Swift level tickets. Right. Um, but I'm just going to be living vicariously through all these Instagram stories that are Agreed. you know popping up every night. Agreed. I went to his original final run a couple years ago before there was another final run and i'm guessing there'll be another so uh you might still have another chance to get into it it's Spain and fit sarah spain courtney cronin in for fits on espn radio espn app sirius xm channel 80 uh you guys have us cracking up with some of these things you've seen in games uh we're celebrating the butt fumble anniversary so you can hit us up on the dr pepper twitter feed at spain and fits at sarah spain at courtney r cronin if you have a funny moment from within a sporting event you can also just tell Tell us about it. You don't have to have the video, although the videos are really funny. Um, let's get into a bunch of stories from the day. The only way we know how when there's a lot of stuff and not a lot of time. Quickies with Spain and Fitz. We get in and out of topics fast. That's right. We're still not doing phrasing. Let's start with college football. As the latest rankings are out, Courtney, we've got Georgia sitting at number one, Ohio State at two, Michigan at three, TCU at four, and then coming in at five and six, LSU and USC. There were some near disasters averted this weekend from some of those top teams. You still uh, cool with the rankings sitting the way they are? Yeah, and I figured that like number five would be the big one. We were trying to figure out like will LSU remain their highest ranked two loss team? Well, you know, I just I can't. It it puts so much more weight now on what's going to happen the next couple weeks for the Pac-12. Can they work their way in here? I I know that we were all hoping for chaos. Not that I have anything against TCU, <laughs> um, but I wanted to see something change. The good thing is we do know that after Michigan and Ohio State play mm-hmm. this weekend, we will actually get some change next week. Yeah, I'm sure some people might disagree with USC being behind LSU, but to your point. Uh, and to my point, every time we go over these, I know the, I know we're supposed to argue. I know we're supposed to freak out. They're going to change. The ones that matter come at the end. But, uh, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking at a, a, a Ohio State-Michigan matchup that's going to mean a whole lot this weekend. All right, next story. Quickies. Uh, Qatar continues to be a place where we're monitoring um, human rights atrocities, uh, the conflict of Western culture meeting a place that doesn't really want to abide by what they said before people got there or what FIFA has anticipated. And there's also some soccer slash football being played, which included a ridiculous upset. Uh, I think I saw Mike Ryan say it was like a 16 beating a one in March Madness. I compared it to a, a U.S. player winning a gold in table tennis at the Olympics, which is something that China has won like 28 of 32 medals in. Uh, Saudi Arabia beating Argentina 2-1. Lionel Messi in probably his final World Cup. They go up one nothing on Messi's foot, and it feels like exactly what you'd expect from this matchup. But then Saudi Arabia scores twice in the second with tons of time left 
And somehow Argentina isn't able to fight back and get into it. They can't can't draw a draw, as we said yesterday. They can't take a lead. And they've had some struggle starts to the World Cup in the past, Courtney, and they've been fine. They've been able to advance out of their group. But this is a shocker. Yeah, I mean, this is a team that's ranked third in the world. They were unbeaten for three years, a favorite to win this tournament. And then they lose. And I guess this is – I was looking at some of the percentages. I don't really know what's accurate and, like, which is, like, the one you should be going off of in terms of the odds here. But apparently Saudi Arabia going into this game, which I woke up to about a 1,000 alerts on my phone this morning, they were, had an estimated 8.7% to win this. That's yeah. wild. Like That, that has to go down as the, first. <laughs> the largest upset probably in World Cup history, at least in the men's side. It's certainly up there, and especially for a team like Argentina. Pretty incredible. All right, next story. Quickies. The Rams have waived their rushing leader, Daryl Henderson Jr. He tweeted out uh, an emoji of the uh, little smiley face and the sunglasses. He seems happy about the move. Courtney, what is going on here? Yeah, it's weird. Um I figured that they would eventually move on from him. They did draft Kyron Williams, who, you know, at some point was going to be taking over in Daryl Henderson's role. But this is weird because Cam Akers and the beef that he had with the organization earlier this year, we all thought he might get released by the trade deadline. Nothing happens. And now there's an in-season cut. This is a team's leading rusher. They're not a great team right now. They're struggling. But I'm not really sure like why this makes sense to do it right now, unless they're planning to bring Williams off IR, who was on IR earlier this year, planning to bring him back and put him in the fold, I guess. Even 12. so, the timing is weird. Get that stuff figured out before you wave. Uh, you have to wonder if maybe there's a story that's going to come out, you know, that we haven't heard yet, right? Yeah, I mean, it, it, the timing of it doesn't really make any sense. I mean, he'll he'll clear waivers or you know he'll get claimed and I mean this is a situation now where he can go to a contender there are other there are plenty of teams Mm. that did not make moves at the trade deadline that could pick up a Daryl Henderson bolster their running back core I mean I think of Buffalo I think of a few other teams that might be in need for that and make a push here it's Spain and Fitz Courtney Cronin in for Fitz as we do quickies let's get to the next story quickies Courtney, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but there's been some coaches in college football in the past who have told us they're staying put, have told their recruits they're staying put, have told their bosses they're staying put, and then they've lied and they've left and gone to another school. Have you heard of this? Oh, no. I think that that's just uh, that's Overblown. just hyperbolic on You're your right. part, Sarah. You're right. I'm so sorry. I exaggerated. It's happened rarely. Uh, but people think it might happen with Lane Kiffin. Uh, inside sources alleging that he's going to take the head coaching job at Auburn, leaving Ole Miss. One of the folks reporting that is a North Mississippi TV reporter named John Sokoloff. He tweeted out, breaking Ole Miss head coach Lane Kiffin plans to step down as the Rebels coach Friday and head to Auburn to become the Tigers' next head coach, according to sources. Sources say the Tigers haven't officially offered the job to anyone yet, so Lane to Auburn is happening. Story soon. Well, Lane Kiffin retweeted that report and said, that's news to me, John. Face palm emoji. Nice sources. X mark, demon, chair, plate, which I surmised meant no demons at my dinner table. I don't know if that's a saying. It does sound like there would be one that said that. Uh, And then Lane Kiffin follows up with a photo of a page that he 
looks like he had someone print out. I don't I don't think he typed it up himself. This just in breaking news. John Sokoloff of WCBI News in Starkville, Mississippi, plans to step down as lead anchor and head to WLOX to become their new lead anchor. Sources say WLOX hasn't offered the job to anyone yet. So John to WLOX is happening. Story soon. All right. I kind of love this. But I'm pretty sure Lane Kiffin is leaving, and the only part of the story that was incorrect was probably, like, the day he announces it. So are we cool with him clowning this reporter, even though, in all likelihood, the story's probably real? No, because, first off, he didn't deny the report whatsoever. He didn't say, no, I'm not leaving. So he gave himself that plausible deniability. I just think that it's just a... Strange move on Lane's part. If you're upset about this news getting out, go call Jimmy Sexton, your agent, where it very well could have come from, because who else is leaking this before the Egg Bowl and the Iron Bowl? It doesn't make any sense for it to be coming from either school, so there's one party, if this thing ends up being true, (laughs) that it makes the most sense of where this thing would come from. So, I don't know. It's crazy. Lane's 47 years old, and he will have had jobs at Tennessee, at Mm -hmm. USC, at FAU, with the Raiders, Ole Miss, and now Auburn. He just get he's just yeah. trying to stick it back in Nick Saban's face. Well, and face. think about this. He might just be getting Ole Miss, who reports have said are willing to pay him more than anyone in the country to keep him around. He might just be throwing this out there to get that price up even more. So All right, does John story. Sokoloff get like a little cut from that? He should. I hope so at he that should point get, for getting absolutely. dragged. Quickies. All right, last story really quickly. Aaron Judge in San Francisco expected to meet with the Giants this week. Uh, said he was just there visiting family, which he has nearby. But I could absolutely see this happening, Courtney. And I have to say, total hater move from me. I think it'd be hilarious if he just set the record for the Yankees and left. I mean, it, the meeting doesn't necessarily mean anything, but we all expect the Giants to be among the yeah. top suitors for him. They told us if they lose out, it won't be because of money. They plan to throw the bank at him. We'll see how that goes down. Coming up, which contenders in the NFL have been put on notice? We'll ask Bill Barnwell. Tuesdays with Barnwell. Coming up next, Spain and Fitz. Spain and Fitz, the podcast.